take a time machine back to before the world went to hell. Around the year 2000. The 80s and 90s were so rad. The movies, the music, the TV, the games. That's what I want to talk about. Like and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And continue the conversation on Facebook and Instagram. And if you're cool enough, join the show on Patreon for exclusive bonus content. And now... Less Than 2,000 with Adam Wentz and Chad Bischoff. Less Than 2,000. Now part of the HyperX Podcast Network. 37. My girlfriend sucked 37 in a row. (laughs) That's the most famous line from this movie, right? (laughs) Yes, I think that is probably the most famous line from this movie. This isn't a would this be made today comment. This is a could you do this today? Not the not what it is, but a low budget movie shot on black and white, 100% dialogue driven, not a whole lot of action and things going on. A, a lot of topics are things that now have been discussed to death, you know, today, which were it was a lot more fresh when we were uh, you know, the ripe age of, you know, 13, 14 years old. Uh, but does this work today? I don't think any studio executive today would watch this film and go, no, put other, somebody other than Harvey Weinstein, put, insert new <laughs> studio head here. You have to see this movie. It's black and white. They're sitting around a convenient mart. Uh, there's a guy named Silent Bob. There's all these other characters, they're, and they're talking about, you know, sex and life and all this kind of stuff. You mm-hmm. have to see this movie. Mm-hmm. Is this would this would this happen today? I don't think so. That's an excellent question, and I was going to kind of use that as our as our wrap up type question. So we'll just get to it right away as we wrap it up. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> as we wrap. Shortest it up. episode ever. <laughs> I, I I will agree with you that I don't think that this movie could be made today for a few reasons. Uh, okay. One of them being Clerks already exists. We live in a world where this movie came out almost thirty years ago. Yeah. And 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 since this movie has already been done, I don't think something like this could be done again. And then, I agree. And, and, and I don't think it's just because it is partially because of the very hypersexual male dominated comedy aspect of it. I think that is one portion of it. But but also because this movie is right place, right time. This is the absolute quintessential right place, right time movie for okay. Kevin Smith and for the world. And something like this couldn't exist now because it's already been done. And it was such a, I, I was just going to get into all this with you, Chad. How do you think this is a, do you think this is a good film? How good of a film is it? Do you think it's overrated given how big of a cult classic it is? Do you think it's under, do you think it's underappreciated because it is so good for a budget of 27,000? And then do you think how much of the black and white is a gimmick? I wondered, is the black and white a gimmick to make it seem smarter and edgier and artsier than it really is? If this film was the exact same thing, but color stock, color film stock, 
do we even know of Clerks? Or would Clerks be as big so, of a deal, or did sort of the art house, edgy crowd get a hold of it and really think, oh, it's so deep because it's black and white and they talk about some deep stuff? What I really want to say <laughs> is uh, there's a lot to unpack there. And there so let's let's start with the fact that this movie only works when it came out, at the time it came out. You're not going to watch a version of this today with clerks sitting around on their cell phones texting each other. It's just not going to happen, right? The well, I video don't know. Clerks booming, 3 is coming out. Well, yes, but it already has a cult following. So yeah. again, I'm sure that's all going to be in the new one. Yeah. But as far as the right time, the right place when it came out, you, you're talking early 90s. So the, the birth of home video entertainment was basically at its peak. Yep. So you had more convenience stores opening up. You had, you know, blo- you know, DVD or uh, uh, VHS rental stores popping up. So there was a new culture in life that our generation could wrap our heads around this movie. Now, the black and white thing, I believe, is completely a budget issue. <laughs> I think he would have shot color had he had the means to, and it wasn't shot for $27,000. Know, sure. And to your point on the good movie, not but versus budget, this is an incredible feat for anybody, especially at a time when it was shot on film. He shot the thing himself. He basically did it all. He was working full day shifts, shooting all night long, Mm -hmm. sleeping for two hours for three weeks straight to get this movie made. Mm -hmm. When I did that for my film, I at least got to sleep. Granted, it wasn't for that many more hours, but I still at least got to go home. He was no, you didn't get to go home. You had to go to a hotel, didn't you? Well, you stayed at a hotel. hotel. You didn't even get to stay at at a hotel. (laughs) Yes, that is true. That is principal photography was in your home. Yes. So, yes, what Kevin Smith did is absolutely insanely amazing, and the script was is incredibly good. The dialogue for the most part is very good and and it's again 100% right place right time going back and watching it it's not necessarily a a great movie it's a great movie for the time i believe you know it it it, it based on everything that was going on but that's kind of like el mariachi you know back then unlike today you know this film went to sundance you know, now mm-hmm. the studios have basically hijacked the six major film festivals like Sundance, Toronto, Cannes, Berlin, South by Southwest. All of the major South by Southwest. They're basically all for the major A-list players to go, look, we, we're independent. We're cool. So they basically hijacked yeah. the, those festivals, which are the only there are exactly six festivals that independent filmmakers can even sell a film. And he took Sundance. But he took it at a time when you could, when a true independent film that was made on the lowest of all budgets at a time when you couldn't make movies because it's not like you could make a digital movie. Right. You had to shoot film. Mm -hmm. That's why this movie is incredibly amazing. It's amazing because it's a statement of film cinema at at a point in time that culture was changing. That's what I can say about this movie. Smart point. Do you know about the original ending to this? 
I was just going to bring that up, but you brought it up, so take the floor. Well, in this, uh, first of all, it was Don, the main character's name is Dante, and that is inspiration of, of, of you know, Dante's Inferno, the divine comedy, and, and the nine rings of hell, and there's nine different scenes in this film, and they've all got that, that, that pseudo-intellectual word like that breaks it up. Like, I don't even remember what the words are, but they're like, um, they're not directly the nine layers of hell, but there's, it is loosely based on that. Well, at the end of the original script, Dante gets shot and he gets killed. And then (laughs) not only does somebody kill him and steal from the register, then somebody else comes in and steals, takes a pack of cigarettes and walks out (laughs) over his dead body. So, well, this, considering the film starts with that sequence of the of the gum pusher oh, I who's love trying to make everybody so think funny. smoking is bad yeah. simply because he's an advocate for anti-smoking when it's really to push other product. Yeah. Uh, so to end with that would have been pretty epic. However, I too got to say, I think test audiences in this one case might be right. Yeah. Not to mention the fact it it's at least paved the ways to where we have multiple clerks movies now instead of just you know one <laughs> Ellen, in 15 seconds, what is Nice Games Club? It's our game dev podcast. Steven, help! Game mechanics, accessibility, art and animation, level design, prototyping. Everything that goes into making video games. How's that, Mark? Nice. Listen to Nice Games Club wherever you get your podcasts or at nicegames.club. Video Death Loop is the show where we watch a short video clip on loop until we just can't take it anymore. Along the way, we'll try our best to make each other laugh and to hold out longer than the other guy. Come in on any episode. Video Death Loop, new episodes every Friday. Yeah, the thing about Kevin Smith is it's it's not that he's particularly an incredibly artistic director, you know. It's it's that his movies manage to capture yep culture in a way that most filmmakers don't you know so many of the of the greatest award-winning filmmakers of all time you know they're crafting the perfect shot to match the perfect scene with the perfect actors and everything has to come together and the magic comes alive right where kevin smith is like i'm gonna put real people talking about real issues i'm gonna shoot some wide and then do some coverage and i'm gonna craft a story that that people can relate to on so many different levels like chasing amy Mm -hmm. i mean chasing amy is such a a beautiful film but like all of his films it's not about the perfect shot it's about bringing real characters and real people into real situations together and letting them work it out and i think that's what separates him apart from a ton of other directors so it's why he's a good director and he's a great storyteller. Yes. You know, more so than than a visionary filmmaker. <laughs> Smart point. Also, I, I he, he's a good he's a great writer in terms of r- yes. writing naturalistic dialogue and things that people are into and and, and kind of to your point, he holds a mirror up I think to a society more 
and and this is this is why people relate to it. People know those people. People know Jay and <laughs> yes. Silent Bob. People, especially Jay, is like an archetype. But but Dante is like I know that guy. Randall, I know that guy. I all, yep. all these people. I I, I just what and what they talk about, and 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 how he writes it is very well done. And I'll get back to that in a second. But where he holds up a lens a mirror to society whereas someone like Quentin Tarantino especially in his uh, you know uh, pulp fiction came out in 94 as well was more like this is cool you know he's the visionary Correct. filmmaker that you're talking about yes. that's like let's do some cool scenes some cool shots cool actors but everybody is playing cool and and and, yes. and people emulated that they wanted to be like Vincent and Jules whereas these guys are guys you just know from the street. And the way Correct. he writes dialogue is so well done because he, he does the – well, just think of the conversation between Veronica and Dante at the beginning of the film when he's like painting her nails and they're laying down and they're just boyfriend, <laughs> girlfriend having idle chatter and they're talking about men versus women and orgasms. And then they get onto the how many people have you been with conversation and it just flows so naturally. But then you get Caitlin come in later in the film – who has a very intellectual way of speaking. She she had some she threw out some very big words. She threw out some some very interesting points as very much a script, but the delivery and the flow of it was so naturalistic and then of course you think of the scene between Randall and and Dante where they're talking about Empire Strikes Back. And Randall's like, yep. those people were just working on it, man. They were just contractors working on the Death Star number two, bro. <laughs> they all got blown up. And, and, and just random nerd conversations. Uh, brilliant writer. Brilliant writer. Uh, yeah, an incredible, an incredible writer. Now, the interesting, you know, Silent Bob, Kevin Smith's, you know, one line in the movie, uh, which is funny because... He wasn't supposed to have that line. That line was actually supposed to go to Jay, but oh. he was struggling with the line, mm. so Kevin Smith had to step in. Interesting. And 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 say the line, which is so what's funny is he was always supposed to be Silent Bob once he was in that. He originally was going to play a different role in the film. He was going to be Randall. Correct. But basically, because Kevin Smith's actually a good actor, so but he didn't. I think uh, I think good good decision yeah. first time he directing direct all it. of the hats that you're wearing. Direct it, write it, yeah. and shoot it in 21 days, and be like the second main character. Yeah. No, 100. percent And so on a 27 thousand dollar budget, I'm going to keep going back to that to right. that important fact. Uh, but I think it became a cooler phenomenon him being this silent Bob character who literally speaks usually once a movie mm-hmm, <laughs> in mm-hmm. any time he comes into it. So kind of the, the, the mysticism around this character became also its own thing, but how great is that? He wanted to put himself in the movie. He wasn't, he decided not to play Randall, but he wanted to be in the movie. So people, cause he thought when the movie tanked, at least they could say, he could say, look, that's really me. I did do this movie. Mm-hmm. But then accidentally stumbles on a on a vital line that becomes so intricate to the movie and showing the importance of the people in your life. Something as simple as a line of lasagna ends up being so much of what the movie's about. Yeah. And that was incredibly effective for the film, incredibly effective for the character that he has the one line and it counts. 
And uh, <laughs> I, I, I thought that was extremely well done. Jason, Jason Mewes, you know, Jay was just some guy. Like they weren't even, they weren't even like friends. They were like friends of a friend. And, and oh, really? Jason Mewes kept hanging out with Kevin Smith. And Kevin Smith. See, I thought they one, were always friends. At one point, they became friends. But at one point, he's like, dude, you know, like, we're not friends. We just met each other through some other guy. And, and Muse is like, yeah, okay. So what are we doing today? <laughs> it's like he just, he just wouldn't, wouldn't go away. It's kind of like our friendship, you know? It's like, you know, Chad, it we're just, just neighbors. <laughs> like, we're not actually friends. We're like, yeah, so what do you want to do today? So you want to shoot a video? You want to make a home movie? You want to make a Paul and Fred today? Exactly. You want to make a Terminator movie? Exactly. <laughs> so, so that's a funny story. And Jason Muse was such an amateur and so, I say this in a respectful way, so not, not a professional actor that he was so nervous that the crew had to leave, that Kevin Smith dismissed the crew for Jay's scenes Ran over, turned on the camera. Again, like you and I used to do as kids. Turn on the camera, run back, and be like, no, no. roll film. So like, <laughs> not just hit the camera. Yeah. Roll, roll film, film and then run back over. That's right. It's not just a, a button. Uh, and they were on such a tight budget that he didn't have time to just be like, okay, spool the film, and then you guys all leave. It's like, no. He had to get it going and then run back. Jason Mewes was that nervous that he couldn't perform in front of other people. So it doesn't surprise me that he couldn't get that one profound line out. And again, another happy accident that created awesome characters and just made the movie better. Well, the thing is, it was Jay. Jay's character is so raw, vulgar. Yeah. That that actually doesn't surprise me and, and is actually, I think it's what makes the movie good. You can tell he's an amateur when he's when he's on the camera, you, but you you know that guy. Yeah, you and I know that person. Absolutely. that vulgar, abrasive. You don't want to take him around your parents. <laughs> you know, like we've we were friends with the, some of those people. Mm-hmm. We know some of those people, mm-hmm. so it felt very real when the camera was on. But again, getting to that happy accident. That very intelligent line. Notice how it's the intelligent line of the movie that Jay that Jason can't get. Yeah. You know? So again, it played into just because you don't talk a ton, sometimes you can be quiet and actually have a really solid brain and interpretation of the world around you, even when you're hanging around vulgar, crazy, effed up people, right? Right. So it, again, it actually worked better for the film because here's this really fun character and his silent sidekick who then, boom, comes out with a great line. And the, these are these ha- those happy accidents that yeah. just, when magic hits, it hits. And, it, it and it's cool. It, it, it certainly does. And it, and it, and it works in a, uh, for those two characters, especially. And Jason Muses was perfect his, in his amateur delivery. You know what didn't work? Some of the other actors were god-awful, okay? Specifically, the one I'm thinking of is the guy who's offended by everything. The guy is just like, you shouldn't talk that way in front of your... I mean, he was so bad that it it took me out of the film. There were some of the, you know, speaking extras that were just so bad. Some of it worked, a lot of it didn't. Like the... Yeah. The dude bro who's like, oh yeah, I slept with her. Do you want to drive in my... 
Pontiac or whatever Trans Am, <laughs> and like goes off with that other girl, and like I, he was some of it was just so bad. But Jay and Silent well, I, Bob that, worked. But the, but they worked, and so did the two leads. And oh, I love the leads. This goes, yeah. Brian O'Halloran and Jeff Anderson were just awesome. Let's just give them lights credit. out. Brian and yeah, absolutely, yeah. Dante and 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 Randall. But but this is where you go back and you go, is it a is it a great film? No, the film has flaws. Yeah. Even as tight and amazing as the dialogue is, sometimes the dialogue falls flat, especially by today's standards, because you're working with, again, actors that weren't pro actors. So it has elements that don't work. It has elements that you would never achieve in a good way by putting trained actors in. Mm -hmm. Like there are some really great, amazing actors who would completely struggle to play, say, like Jay <laughs> or some of the other characters. So again, this is where it's an important film for the time. There's certain things about it that work amazing because of the limitations, and there's other things that don't work because of the limitations. But the film as a whole is such an incredible timestamp that you have to celebrate it for what it is and for what it did for filmmaking moving forward and the ability to tell movies in a, and have real conversations in a way that a lot of people weren't having up until this point. Ch -ch 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 -ch. Smart point.